The pursuit of happiness is a fundamental right guaranteed in the Constitution and defined in the Declaration of Independence to freely pursue joy and live life in a way that makes you happy, as long as you know how to use the laws to achieve what you want. This changes things a bit, doesn't it? This means that in order to do what makes you happy, you have to know some laws, and that's why I'm here. Welcome to Lovely, a show about law, love, and life. Live a happy life using the universal law of love at the heart of your decision-making. And of course, real laws too. I'm your host, Bahar Ansari, a hippie and happy lawyer turned IT founder turned, well, me, a consciously creative counselor. This show is built on one simple principle, that us as human beings do things for only two reasons, love, our ultimate self-fulfillment, or laws, natural and man-made. What transcends both is creativity. It's innovation. It's love empowered by laws. It's love. Be love, learn law, spread love. The first step to overcoming any challenge is to understand what that challenge is, what that problem is. When it comes to dispute resolution, often humans get more caught up in who's at fault and who's to blame instead. Maybe when the world of collaboration was smaller, this helped to narrow down the why of the problem. Like, let's say forgetful Joey is on a project and knowing who last touched any equipment narrows it down to the potential areas to investigate. The why of the problem, however, matters the most when you're attempting to solve a global human problem. This requires for both sides to put down their weapons and guards and get their hands dirty to figure out the why. This is the only way to solve the root cause of a problem rather than consistently band-aiding it until it becomes an existential outcome. Our legal system is old, slow, and too traditional for how much some areas like technology have evolved. We have advanced more technologically in the last 20 years than in the last 100 years combined. Yet, we have congressional representatives, as well as Supreme Court justices, who were born much closer to the beginning of the last century than this one. We have areas in the law that are practically non-existent, like space law, sustainability laws, privacy laws, and even simple social laws. As I'm recording this episode, SpaceX just sent the first fully private rocket with four civilians to orbit Earth for three days. Late last month, Tesla announced the humanoid bot, a bot Musk says will replace repetitive and boring tasks. In my imagination, it includes a variety of errands and house chores. This, while we still have Facebook running loose and hackers having a field day with old school but wealthy business owners you know, the country club type. Where does this leave us? The consumers who have been sharing our data with these companies for the last 20 years. The everyday ramification of the traditional legal system is being felt in our daily lives now. The complete lack of protection or regulation with our data and in technology. From Apple scanning our iPhone photos to the government subpoenaing data from Microsoft and Apple, to Facebook knowing more about our first personal lives than our families. There are newer examples like Zuckerberg's metaverse and Facebook's Ray-Bans with the new built-in cameras. We have already been roommates with Siri and Alexa, and now we're going to the next level. 
are our rights, though? How about our laws? Hundreds of years ago, when the Constitution was first written, the few rights that were the most basic guaranteed rights granted were the rights to life, liberty, and property. I will skip over explaining these rights straight to how these laws affect us today. The meaning of those rights have expanded over the years to include our ownership rights to our intellectual property, for example. When deemed property, ownership gives a few rights, protection of those rights, and the opportunity to monetize those rights. I consider my digital identity and data my property. Looking at a person's search history tells you way more about who they are than looking in their bedroom or talking to their families. This is how closely it's tied to our identities. Your digital identity, your footprints, your interests, and your creations belong to you as much as a photo you take or something that you create. Companies and governments are lagging their feet here because it's against their interest to create any change in the law in this aspect. That leaves this change to us, citizens and consumers. Now, how could this simple shift in regards to us owning our digital identities impact us in our daily lives? In Europe, in response to the GDPR, which are EU's data privacy laws, a lot of creativity has been brewing. One of these ideas currently evangelized by an AI pro who will be on the show this season, George Zakadakis, is citizens pulling their data in a data trust to license it with the trust managed by a professional trustee. Okay, imagine if instead of a social media company, Facebook is a trust, which is essentially just a legal entity like a corporation. Mark Zuckerberg, the evil data monetizing genius as our trustee, and all Facebook users with a profile are the beneficiaries. As Facebook manages the trust, by licensing our data for ads, Facebook does that on our behalf and pays us a percentage from profits of selling our data. This creates a universal income for all users who are in turn encouraged to use various platforms producing valuable, valuable data. Since these data trusts are accessible by all and not just big corporations or governments, more and more inventors and creators have access to create innovative solutions like early cancer detection with algorithms. It's definitely time for an upgrade in our laws to match the growing innovation in developing digital identities and digital worlds. How can we do this? And what's our benefit? Let's talk about the benefit first. If such an idea is implemented, the idea of you owning your digital identities, your data creations, creates a stream of income for you. This will ease the pressures and transitions of automation and likely poverty without raising anybody's taxes. Now, let's talk about how we could actually get this done. There's three ways we could do this. Join them, sue them, or switch from using them. So let's start with joining them first. If corporations, especially big tech, are intelligent, cooperative, and love savings, I should have led with that, they would love the opportunity to fix the problem from the inside without years of defending against this inevitable litigation and change in the laws. Instead of lobbying and massive, massive campaign donations, they would create ethics boards with diverse backgrounds, 
like law, human rights, economics, and policy to self-govern in collaboration with society and others like themselves. If that doesn't work, there is always suing them. So what does it take? These days, to get a case to the Supreme Court level, it takes inconsistent decisions across jurisdictions. Modeling after the EU, California in 2020 updated their privacy rules to resemble that of the GDPR. Of course, not as far as the GDPR, but enough to have companies update their terms and conditions to have a California residence exception while all other states do what they did before. With one plaintiff or a few of people whose data was subpoenaed, let's say, by the Justice Department last year, we can sue Big Tech to the top. With GDPR as an example, United Airlines, who put up their data bank as a collateral for a loan as an example, a suffering post-COVID economy in dire need of social programs, and also inspiring constitutional plea for the right to life, liberty, and property of American citizens paid for by big tech and a conservative majority Supreme Court, I see a big, colorful win in our future. We can do this the cooperative way, or we can do it the opposing way. Either way, it's happening. And our third option on how we can do this, we can switch from using those platforms or consuming from those companies. If we change our consumption habits, it will bring new players who might have a better team spirit. Aside from all the personal choices that reflect our inner beings, choices outside, like our usage or shopping habits, could really, really shape society. Choices in what we buy, who do we buy it from, is the single most effective instrument in creating a flood of social change and cultural growth. Anyway, all of this to say that we not only have the power to change the laws, we have the collective consumption power. Anyway, all of this to say that we not only have the power to change the laws, we have the collective consumption power to influence voluntary change in corporate behavior. Just remember the BLM movement. This season, we'll get much, much more in-depth about laws, artificial intelligence, AI for humanity, and creating a much, much more comfortable world for human life. And with that, my lovely friends, I will leave you with some advice. Dream big, be brave, and be happy. I'm already proud of you. Thanks for listening to Lovely with me, your host, Bahar Ansari. If you like this show, please subscribe and share with your friends, colleagues, and family. And please leave a review on iTunes. If you miss me before then, check out baharansari.com or connect with me on social media. Join us next week when we talk more about laws, love, and life. See you soon.